You're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for this week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and I'm also the leader for the Adult Explore the Bible team. Today, I'm being joined by another member of the team, which is Mike Livingston. Mike is the content editor, one of the content editors on the team. Mike, thank you for being with us today. As we look at session, uh, we're looking at session uh, 13, the last session uh, for our study in the winter 2020 through 21 of the first half of Luke. So let's look at this passage. We're looking at Luke 9, 18 through 27. Uh, the key idea here is that following Jesus comes with a cost. We see the confession by Peter in this passage as well. Uh, so in verses 18 through 20, uh, Jesus questioned his disciples about what they were hearing about his identity. Uh, they offer various ideas, and then Jesus invites his disciples to reveal who they thought he, him to be. Peter declared Jesus to be the Christ, the promised Messiah. We've entitled this particular section, verses 18 through 20, Confess Him, and the main idea is all people must realize who Jesus is. In verses 21 through 22, Jesus warns the disciples about sharing his identity with others. We need to talk about that, uh, Mike. Um, and he notes that he would be rejected by the religious leaders, killed, and then resurrected on the third day. We've entitled this particular section, verses 19, uh, chapter 9, verses 21 through 22, accept his resurrection. And the main point here is that not all will accept Jesus as the promised Messiah. Verses 23 through 27, we find Jesus explaining that following him will require a person to deny his own desires and to carry a cross daily, losing his life to Je so Jesus can save it. He reminded them of the value of gaining life and called them to remain unashamed of Jesus. He promised that some of the disciples present would not taste death until they saw the kingdom of God. We need to talk about that, that issue too, right? Um, the, these verses, verses 23 through 27, we've entitled, Follow Him Unashamedly. And the main point is believers are called upon to unashamedly follow Christ with all of their being. Mike, I already noted while I was walking through that, uh, the outline, uh, two big questions. So let's go ahead and deal with that first question. Why did Jesus give the warning about telling others about him in verses 21 and 22? That seems out, I mean, we're told, we're all, you know, we, we ought to be telling everybody we know about Jesus, and here Jesus is saying, don't tell anybody about me. Yeah, it seems out of place, doesn't it? Because even <laughs> earlier, even in this same chapter, the beginning of chapter 9, Jesus sent the 12 out um, to, to proclaim the kingdom. And then the, the beginning of chapter 10, just right after this, he called 72 and, and he sent them out. Uh, so yeah, right between those two um, sending out e events, th this seems odd to, to us maybe, out of place. Um, so Peter, what's happening is Peter has just confessed Jesus is the Christ. He's the promised Messiah. In verse 20, he makes that profession, um, confession. And, and he got it right. He's exactly right in, in, who, in, who, in what he said about Jesus and who Jesus is. The popular misconception, though, about the Messiah, 
uh, is that the Messiah would come and he would free God's people from Roman rule and, and the Messiah would restore, uh, politically restore Israel to greatness. Uh, that was the popular conception or misconception of what the Messiah would do. So to, to go out and publicly proclaim Jesus as the Messiah would have brought about a, a, a quick and immediate confrontation between Jesus and Rome before the time was right. I mean, you know, this, this was going to happen in God's timing, uh, and the time was not right for that. Um, and and that's, that's, I think, what's behind this warning, not to go out and start, you know, saying Jesus is the Messiah, he's the Messiah. Uh, because people had a, just a wrong understanding of, of what that meant and what the Messiah would do. Uh, and, and, and even though Peter got it right in what he said about Jesus, even, even Peter still didn't understand um, Jesus' role as Messiah would include the suffering uh, that Jesus describes in verse 22, that he would um, suffer many things and be killed and be raised on the third day. I mean, Peter himself didn't understand all that at this point. In the parallel account in Matthew, we find Jesus and Peter having a strong conversation mm -hmm. about Peter's misunderstanding of that. Yeah. The, the three actions that are mentioned here in verse 23, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. How are those tied to Peter's confession? What are some, and let me, give a second part of that. What are some practical ways of doing those three things? Deny yourself, take up the cross, take up your cross and follow me. Okay, yeah, and so that, uh, Peter and, and the others, they, they knew who Jesus was, even though their understanding was still incomplete, but they, they knew who Jesus was at this point, that he was the Christ, the promised Messiah. So now, now they had to make a response. Uh, if he is the Christ, if he is the Messiah, then he has every right to demand of us these, these three things here in verse 23. So here's, here's what he demands of those who would follow him as the Christ promised one. Um, three things. He, first is to deny, uh, to, not, to deny himself, deny yourself. Now, to deny yourself may mean giving up something. But that's not really what he says here. He doesn't say deny yourself things, deny yourself something. He says deny yourself, not deny yourself things, not deny yourself that extra helping of pie. You know, it's de deny, deny yourself. Say no to self. Say, say no to a life of self-interest, no to self-preservation, no to self-promotion. That's, that's what he's saying, deny self, not just deny yourself something or something. It's about who's Lord of your life at that point, then. You either you are or Jesus is. One of the two yeah, are. So yeah, you're, it, you're denying yourself as being Lord and placing Christ in the, in the throne chair. Yeah. And then, and then tied to that is, is take up your cross. Now, the, the disciples knew exactly what that meant, to take up your cross. They had, I'm sure they had seen this happen. I mean, you know, that, I'm sure they had seen this. It, the cross was the instrument of, instrument of death. And, you know, you know um, criminals carried the, the cross beam to, to the place of ex, execution. So to, to pick up your cross and to carry it, it means to die is what it means. It means that you have received the death sentence, that you, you, are, you, you are willing to, to, to die. Uh, so to, to take up your cross 
would be one, one um, way to think about that is to die to the sin of disobedience, to die to, to, um, to a life of self-interest. But it also means to take up your cross means to, to, um, to, to live a, a, a life totally committed to, to Jesus Christ to the point that you're prepared to suffer for him and you're prepared to die for him. And notice this is not a one-time event or a one-time decision. He says, this is, some, this is a daily action. You take up your cross every day, every day you do that. And then uh, follow me. And, and follow, that's continual action. The, 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 the grammar, the tense of the verb, it means you keep on following me. Again, not a one-time decision, but it's an everyday decision. We keep on, every day, we make a decision that we're gonna follow him. So we gotta say no to self, we gotta put that cross on our shoulders every day and we continue to follow him. Now, you know, what does that look like? Um, it, to me, it, it, it's being where God wants us to be, you know, following him in this way, it's not the easy way, you know, to, to be willing to carry your cross is saying that following him is not the easy thing. Everything going smoothly in your life isn't necessarily a sign that you're doing all the right things. Following him, being where he wants us to be may put us in the difficult situation. Carrying a cross is not an easy thing. No, it's not an easy thing. He never said following him is going to be easy. Uh, it's going to be comfortable. He never said it's going to be comfortable. He never gave us that promise. Uh, following him might bring hardship into our lives. It might mean that we live more sacrificially and less comfortably. It, it, it will mean that we have to be willing to move out of our comfort zones. It, it will mean that we, we need to be willing to do the hard thing rather than just doing the easy thing. So what Jesus describes here is it, that's normal Christianity. I mean, this is normal for, for, for for, for a follower of Jesus, this is normal. Unfortunately, nominal has become the new normal. But in these verses, it really tells us what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it means. This is what it looks like. Help us explain verse 27. I, I know we'll be asked this question while we're teaching this particular session. Um, we have this statement that you will not die. Some of you will not die until you see the kingdom yeah, to see the so yeah. what does that mean? That is, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure there'll be a lot of good discussion about that because there are, there are different, um, you know, there are different ways to um, interpret that or to understand that. And I can just tell you what some of, some of the possibilities are. And uh, I can tell you what I think, but, uh, I, you know, it's just what I think. Um, I, what I, what I'm pretty, what I know it, it doesn't refer to, I'm pretty sure it doesn't refer to the second coming. Um, because <laughs> if it referred to the second coming, it would be a false statement. Uh, so we can, we can rule that one out. There are some, um, interpreters, Bible teachers who have, um, said this, this may refer to the destruction of Jerusalem in, um, AD 70. Um, and and it, it, it might refer to the destruction of Jerusalem, but the challenge for me is to understand how that uh, event made visible the kingdom of God. I, I, um, it's a challenge to, to see, to understand how, how the destruction of Jerusalem um, made, made that visible, made the kingdom visible. Um, and I know there are, there are attempts to, to do that. 
another possibility is that since this statement is made just right before the transfiguration, I mean, in the next verse is, is where you have the transfiguration experience. Um, and so it could be the glory, it would be, that's what it's referring to, the, the glorification of Jesus that they would witness uh, in the transfiguration. You know, Jesus said, there are some standing here um, who will see, you know, the kingdom. And we know that only some witnessed the transfiguration. So it'd be Peter, James, and John. And John, so I mean, that fits. And, and they saw his glory in that. Um, so, you know, that, that's another possibility. But I think what Jesus is talking about here, maybe it's not just, uh, I mean, and that could be it, but, but maybe it's more than that. It's, it's not just a, this brief glimpse of his glory or that single event of, of the transfiguration, but it might be just all the gospel events, um, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus, maybe even the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that 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 all of that would bring the kingdom of god into view uh, so it, it would be seen the kingdom would be seen in all of its power in all of its glory and and, and i think you know that if i were to uh, land somewhere that that's probably where i would land and how i would see this that is talking about all the historical events of the gospel um the cross the resurrection the coming of the spirit and power the preaching the gospel and the power of the spirit that all of this would reveal the, the power and the glory of the kingdom uh, for all to see. The, the difficulty with that, though, is, is that only Judas did not live to see that. Um, all the others did. So, you know, we could say there, there are difficulties with all of these views. Uh, but so uh, those, those would be some of the more um, um, popular um, views that you would have on that. Okay. Any other key insights or thoughts you would share from this particular passage? You know, just, just overall, this passage, I'm just impressed with, with the importance of this as I prepare to teach this lesson. What, it, what an important passage this is for us. Um, you know, what do we have here? What's it talking about here? It's talking about who Jesus is, why Jesus came, how we fit into his mission, what it means to be a follower of him, um, I mean, it, it sums up the whole book of Luke, basically. I, I mean, this is this is it right here. I can't think of anything really more important to, to talk about uh, than the things we're going to be talking about in this passage. Let's not uh, let's not get so lost in all the you know things we could speculate about that we don't know that we, that we miss these really important things that we need to be affirming in this passage. It would get. It would be. It, it. It will be easy for us to get lost in the in the. Yeah. Uh, why did Jesus tell him not to tell anybody? And the verse twenty seven discussion, and forget the main point of this particular yeah. passage, yeah. which is that Jesus expects his followers to forsake everything else and follow him because he's the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, this is this is the gospel message. Yeah, so you're, and you're right. That's that's a good word. You know, not let's not get so lost in in speculating on the things we don't know that we miss the the, the important things that, that we do know that we need to be talking about. Yeah, uh, this is our last session of this quarter. Uh, we've been looking at the first half of Luke. We'll start looking at the second half of Luke next week uh, in the spring quarter. We'll be looking at Luke ten, chapter ten through twenty four. One thing you may want to do as the teacher. You may want to conclude your the session 
by asking folks to go back to the table of contents, look at the titles of the lessons for this quarter, have them identify one lesson that really uh, encouraged them, help them in their spiritual life, maybe have them thumb through the personal study guide or a daily discipleship guide and note any places they highlighted or starred or something that, that just stood out to them for the quarter and still that maybe they're still processing, still thinking about uh, just a way to kind of tie up uh, this particular uh, study uh, for this, the, these months of December, January, and February. I do want to thank you for listening today, Mike. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks. If you have comments or questions, you're always welcome to send me an email at Dwayne.McCrary at Lifeway.com. That's Dwayne, D-W-A-Y-N-E, dot McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y, at Lifeway.com. And I'll do my best to answer your question, or if I don't know the answer, I'll forward that email to the right person so you can get your, your question answered. Like I said, join us next week. We'll be starting a study of, the, of Luke chapter 10 through 24, continuing our, our study of Luke, but it'll be in a new